Bildungsentwicklung Tanz, ein Forschungsprojekt konzipiert, gestaltet und realisiert von Paul Fossa. Heute mit Michael Fosser. Hello, today we are with Michael Fosser. Michael is a dancer, choreographer, teacher and dance facilitator. He trained as a dancer at Tulsa School of Ballet, Tulsa Ballet Center for Dance Education and Houston Ballet. He has worked for various theater from the Texas Ballet Theater to the Staatsoper Hannover Oper Ballet am Rhein and has collaborated with countless world-renowned artists including Ben Svensson, Mauro Bigonzetti, Hans van Manen, Marco Goeke and has danced the repertoire of Mercy Cunningham, William Forsythe, George Balanchine and Jerome Robbins among others. In Hannover and Dusseldorf he also created choreographies as an emerging young choreographer. In the summer of 2021, he completed his master's degree in dance pedagogy with a specialization in professional training in classical ballet at the Palooka University of Dance in Dresden. At the beginning of the 2021-22 season, he stopped his work as a dancer in a company of the Ballet am Rhein and take on a role of dance mediator at the theater, where he created Ballet am Rhein dance education program Tanz mit. Hello, dear Michael. Hello, happy to be here. Happy you are here. So, first of all, uh, would you like to add any information or make some correction about this very short biography of you? No, it's all good. Great. So, first of all, thank you very much for agreeing to do this interview for my platform, Building and Viklund Tanz, Educational Development Dance. And of course, thank you so much for your precious time. Well, you're very welcome. I think it's a great uh, subject and a great uh, project. So I'm happy to take part. Thank you. So I will start immediately with my three questions for you. How does education relate to dance for you? I was thinking a lot about this question and I think my answer would be that the more I learn about education, the more I realize that uh, really there isn't a, a, an education in different subjects. One doesn't learn math and English and dance and uh, the rules to a game uh, in different ways. There's really just one process of education that's a constant process we are always going through as humans. Um, I'm a fan of what they call in educational psychology constructivism. And so the way I like to think of education is that we as individuals try to position ourselves within our environment. We try to react to the stimulus that's coming from outside by building knowledge within ourselves that enables us to interact with our world. And this is what we do when we're learning math or when we're learning dance. It's all one process of learning. And so for me, you know, when I think about learning dance, yes, one learns a technique, one learns to engage with the body, one learns the things that one is given to learn within the dance setting. But at the same time, one is learning problem solving, 
One is learning social skills of interaction with the other people in the room. Uh, one is learning about music and musicality. So I think that I wouldn't, I would challenge the notion of dance education as being separate from any other form of education, I suppose. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. I agree. And that's why I think that, um, it's important for everyone to, whether it's dance or any other kind of, uh, physical activity to, and this kind of gets, I think, to the second question, as far as I remember. <laughs> okay. I will formulate the second question. We can jump on it. Yeah, no, it's great. It's really great. And I think also, uh, I, I like and to remind always that uh, education and learning is a lifelong pr process. And I think you, you have a proof, you are a, a life proof also in, with your, with your life decision that you start already studying while you were in, in the full moment of your career. So you were already uh, curious and you prepare actually what you, 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 the role you, you invest today. So it was cool. So yes, my question, my second question. So uh, dear Michael, um, you are the second person actually uh, at our microphone uh, who has decided to end his career as a dancer at the peak of his form and without this being linked to any binding events such an extent. Uh, we recall Alban Pinet uh, interview of the 26-11-22, we have our, our microphone, and you too, uh, as in the case of Alban, have remained in the theater in a new role, namely those of dance facilitator. facilitator. Um, I would like to talk to you about your choice and give your given your position also about the importance of the institution today open up to the community. My choice to stop dancing was a little bit, it was a mixture of factors. Um, I certainly was attracted to dance from a very young age and knew also at a very young age that I wanted to pursue dance professionally. And I sort of oriented my whole life around the goals that are associated with a dance career. I wanted to work for a professional dance company. I wanted to travel and see the world. I wanted to dance on the stage, all of these things. And um, at a certain point in my career, I realized I had achieved most of what I set out to achieve. And I started to look elsewhere to think, well, what's the next step? Where do I go from here? I think that really it was the birth of my daughter in 2017. Me and my wife had a daughter named Marietta. And holding this little child in my arms was when it really came home to me psychologically. At some point, I'm going to stop dancing and I need to have the ability to provide a stable life situation for my daughter after. Um, in the German theater system, I was very well taken care of as a dancer, but you always have in the back of your mind that one day this phase of life will come to an end. And when you're in your 20s and you're single and young, you don't worry so much about it. You think, okay, yeah, I'll figure it out. If I have to be unemployed for a year, no problem. I'll do what it takes. I'll learn something new. Easy peasy. 
But once I had a daughter, I realized, well, <laughs> I don't want to be unemployed for a year figuring out my own life when I have to take care of this little person. And uh, so I started on a search to see what my options would be. And funny enough, I tried everything else before studying dance pedagogy. I was <laughs> I avoided this subject matter uh, for some reason. Um, but I realized in the end that it, it was the best fit for me for a number of practical reasons and personal reasons. Um, I, I decided to go ahead and do the program at Palooka, and I don't regret it at all. I'm very happy that I did it. I recommend it to anyone, especially dancers in Germany who are thinking about further education. The work-study program at Palooka is really one of a kind in the world in terms of its... Uh, high value for a low price and a highly flexible program that you can um, fit to your working schedule. And um, it was really interesting to study while I was dancing, to study dance pedagogy while I was dancing, because learning about how to teach dance flowed directly into my daily practice. And it actually improved my work greatly as a dancer. Um, and when I was about halfway through my studies, and I really was, as you, as you mentioned, at the top of my career, I thought actually that I would continue on dancing for many more years. I must say that the, the pandemic that happened in 2020 sort of changed that. Um, the forced pause that I had from dancing uh, after the initial lockdown was the longest break I had ever had from dance since I began training seriously at the age of 13 or 14. So for about 20 years, I had never had such a break from my practice. And after several months at home, a sort of space opened up in my mind where I realized, wow, I can live without it. <laughs> <laughs> because until that point, I couldn't even imagine living without dance. But once I was forced to, uh, I surprised myself by, after several months, really contemplating what if I can never go back in the studio. I mean, at this point in the pandemic, we didn't know how long it would take, what the end result would be. We had no, no way to predict the future. And so I really started to ask myself, well, what if that was it? What if... What if you don't go back? What if you just decide to stop now and do something else? And after planting that seed and sort of seriously entertaining the idea of transition, um, I actually started to become more and more interested in other things, in other jobs, in other possibilities for my life, in other ways to be in the world beyond just being a dancer and choreographer. And um, so after the pandemic, I did go back to dancing and I did push to get back in shape and try to get back on the stage. And I was able to have some lovely experiences. And I'm glad that I was in the end able to finish my career on my own terms. But at the same time, when the job opened up, the position that I'm in now um, as a dance facilitator at the theater opened up and Demis Volpi, my current director offered me the position. It just felt like the perfect fit. You know, I could 
transition out of dancing into a new role without having to change institutions, without having to move my family to another city. I could keep my contract and my salary structure the way it was as a dancer and move into a new role. And this is actually very rare. Although you do mention that my old colleague and actually very good friend, Alban Pinet, had a similar uh, transition at this house. It's important to say that uh, at this house and at all uh, theater institutions where dance is practiced, this is actually very rare that one is able to stop and continue in a new role. So I considered myself lucky and decided to uh, go ahead and take that leap. Now that I'm in the new role, uh, I mean, what I see my job at the theater and for the dance company is I want to help expand the program that the ballet offers to the community and offers to the city. I think that there is an old model of cultural institution um, which worked for a long time and worked in the 20th century, which is an institution offers one very high value product to the community and the community appreciates that and supports the institution. So in the case of a ballet company, you know, we offer very high quality performances, which the community can come and visit. But I think that as we move into the 21st century, through a number of factors, social media being one of them, but also just the, the changes in society in general through the new digitalization and the, uh, you know, the way things develop, we have a sort of decentralization of um, products in many, many fields. This is across mediums and across fields. And it's not really enough for an institution to offer one high quality product anymore. Everywhere, if you look in in business, in, 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 um, in all different types of institutions, they're realizing that it's not enough to offer one thing really well. We need to have a, a broad spectrum of offerings for our public or for our uh, customers. And uh, the question that I ask myself in my position is what should a ballet company offer the community in addition to the performances and the creation of new repertoire? What is it that it can contribute to the community in terms of a dance institution? And so that's what I'm trying to develop here. I'm trying to create programs for all different ages, for in schools, for out of schools, different types of performance formats for the dancers to perform in unusual spaces, unexpected spaces, and to raise awareness about dance and about dance education on in multiple different fields at once. Um, it's a bit slow going because we it's a brand new program and we're still adjusting to the post uh, pandemic reality. But um, I'm I'm happy that uh, slowly things are starting to build up steam. <laughs> Very nice. Yes, yes. I I I completely agree, and I I, I would like also underline again what you said and is too unpredictable or not not really predictable events like the pandemic and of course the coming of uh, a daughter uh, I have I have daughters and I think they are almost the same age so and so how can change the 
the way of seeing things. And I think um, if, if we write it a bit also, I, I would like to remind to everybody listening, if there is a young dancer, it's good until you're, as you said, you are 20 and you think everything is possible. But to always remind that it's necessary to be prepared because things will happen. And we never know, but it can be a pandemic. Now when we are dealing with a war, earlier time, I think a generation of, of my parents, there was the Cold War. There was always something in every generation is something that break down in the life is, let's say, more or less unexpected. And I think being ready, like preparing ourselves and being open is one of the most important things. I just yesterday talked with um, one young dancer, a young um, young boy won't becoming a dancer, and I advised him. You know, I said that's in my opinion, you should doing a bachelor. You should have a, a, a formal education, not maybe not big, not not big master if you, because he's already over twenty. But it's it's good for you. You did you done this, and then you will help you in the future. Because I believe, and my one is the last generation where the dancer are allowed to be ignorant. I think today dancer is not a more possible dancer as no. I don't want to say master, but um, further education in different in different field also. Huh? This is it's so important and. So I, I thank you for the way you're describing your experience was uh, very, very interesting to listen. And uh, your comment brings me back to the first question. Uh, I had started a kind of idea, but I wasn't sure how to formulate it. But you, your comment has helped me uh, put it together. I think that the way I would look at education and dance education in the future is that we need an increase in the integration of the different subjects into each other. And that's what I mean that there isn't dance education and another type of education. And, and unfortunately, at the moment we find ourselves right now, this is not really recognized uh, on an institutional level. You know, at schools, you have a division of the subject matter, you have a division of specialization, um, and you have uh, since some hundreds of years now, since the Enlightenment, a sort of privileging of certain um, skills and certain subject matter, primarily cognitive skills, mathematics, science, rationality, over other skills. But um, actually, what I feel like needs to happen is a realization that dance education also helps with other types of skills you can you can take the knowledge that you build for yourself as a dancer directly into other fields and apply it in a in a very direct way discipline planning pattern recognition problem solving these are all things that you learn in dance and that when you leave the dance field and you go into a completely different field, dealing no longer with music and steps and counts and performances, but with charts and calendars and numbers and things like this, you still are using the knowledge that you built as a dancer. And I completely agree that um, we as dancers or we as dance educators need to look at the younger generations of dancers coming up and find a way to 
integrate their dance education with a with a kind of formal um, qualification because that was one of the big big struggles for me was realizing okay I'm 31 32 years old and if you look at my CV as a dancer it looks fantastic but if I show up at a bank no one cares that I danced Matsek ballet they say who they don't give a care I'll say it that way <laughs> you know they really they it doesn't matter and and that that the the things that I have to show for myself are not recognized in any formal way. Now, um, I think that there are other skills, which of course, like I already listed, which certain employers who are open and who think outside the box would recognize, oh, this is a dancer, they're disciplined, they're hardworking. This is someone who we can maybe bring onto our team and teach them the processes that we need to teach them in our field. But, uh, the world is unfortunately structured in such a way right now that for many jobs, you need a certain piece of paper with a certain stamp and a certain signature on it to even get your foot in the door. And um, as I was looking at education programs uh, and thinking I want to stop dancing eventually, I actually my first thought was I want to study philosophy or I want to study sociology but I was actually not qualified to even apply to a German university because the school education I had from the United States was not a high enough level for me to be eligible. And that was because I, I did not take certain exams at the end of my school because I did not find it necessary because I thought I want to be a dancer. I don't need to take the SAT I don't need to take the ACT exam. I can do that later when I want to go to university when I'm done dancing. And I went immediately into very focused uh, dance Ausbildung or education at Houston Ballet 2. Now, of course, that enabled me to have a great uh, ballet career. That was nice. But there I was after over 10 years of being outside the education system and all doors were closed to me except at the Paluka University for Dance Dresden, because they, in a very progressive manner, uh, recognized my experience as a dancer as being equivalent to that of a bachelor degree in dance, which made me eligible for their master program. So this is the kind of mentality I think we need in the future is for to look at a dance career and say, yeah, it's not a bachelor degree from a university, but look at the requirements that a person had to go through to have this career. It's at least as strenuous as a bachelor of arts program in dance. So we can recognize that this person has built the necessary skills to continue on their education afterwards. I think we're a long way from this kind of utopia <laughs> that, that I'm imagining, but... Uh, <laughs> Perhaps eventually we will get there. Hopefully, hopefully. And I think we both fight uh, for this direction, step by step. <laughs> Humbleness. <laughs> yes. Yes. Very, very nice. I would not have anything. What you just have precisely had and, and more detail uh, based on your experience is exactly the point. Exactly. 
then we can jump to my favorite one last question so how do you think well we touch already uh, a bit some of this possibility but how do you think education of the body should be in the future super exciting question super interesting um I mentioned already my uh, my I have a bit of a disdain for the idea of a separation of mind and body um since Descartes famously said I think therefore I am there's been a big movement in education and in society to um put the the thinking mind and the brain on a pedestal as the 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 center of all being the center of the personality the center of the person is the brain and to view the body as a kind of mechanism for enabling the brain to exist so the the brain is the person the brain and the 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 thoughts are Uh, what's important and the body is kind of just a vehicle it's just the car that the brain drives around in to interact with the world i think this is a completely uh, wrong interpretation of human experience um everything that we do is body centered every word that we speak we speak with our body every interaction we have with the world takes place through the medium of body and i think that the sooner we can recognize this in education the better off we'll be i actually just recently uh watched a youtube video i'm a big fan of youtube certain corners of it anyway about the fact that in japan they still train uh with the abacus And if you look at what people are able to do with an abacus, it's absolutely insane. They're able to calculate enormous uh, mathematical sums of, you know, six figures multiplied by six figures in a matter of seconds. And the reason they're able to do it is because they've trained their fingers on an abacus. But at a certain point, when they reach a certain level of training they no longer need to actually have a physical abacus in front of them to continue to to complete the calculations in their mind by moving their fingers so what they're essentially doing is they are training their mind with a movement of the fingers to operate as a calculator these people don't need taschenrechner or calculators because they have created a neural pathway with their own fingers which completes the same task and i think that this shows that connecting our mental processes with our physical processes actually can enhance the mental and the psychological it can enhance human potential and like i've already mentioned i think that the future of education is the is the integration of all ideas of learning physical learning with psychological and logical learning of the mind i think that uh the more it can be integrated the more the two sides of the same coin can play off each other and goals can be achieved in different ways if you look at classical education in the in ancient history physical education was just a part of everyone's basic education now it's always the thing that gets put last 
The kids should learn math, they should learn language, they should learn history. And if there's time, maybe we have a bit of time for art, a bit of time for physical education. And I think this is just unfortunate because math and art are linked. Math and physical education are linked. The two enhance each other. There's plenty of studies that show that if you do sports in the morning, your cognitive ability during the day is higher. And to me, the question is, why would every school not begin the day with strenuous physical activity for the students? Just a question for the Schulamt, <laughs> I guess. And so that, that, that is how I think about the future of physical education is, is that it should be recognized as equally important as your STEM subjects, as your logical subjects, and um, that it's, it's just so essential to human experience that it needs to be recognized as such. Yes, and very nice. And maybe you help me also. I changed already this question before. It wasn't in dense education, not was not the, the education of the body. And then I had, of course, some of my guests not coming directly from the dance world. So I thought, okay, they don't have direct connection, but it was working kind of with dance. I thought education of the body, but maybe it has to be even more. Um, correct it and i believe as you say that we are the body so same body can can bring to the the misunderstanding of we have a body and we have a brain when of course when i use the body i use it in a in a, in a german terminology of the lib this old word that means exactly the, the old the lib is my body and mine is the sense Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, very, very, very good. Nice, yes, and and it's true. Uh, I also read some some studies about uh, the why the Chinese they are so. For the, my case, was I was reading some about the Chinese, but the Japanese are, or, or let's say Asian Asian young people they use the abacus exactly, and they were saying that because of the way they use the fingers, they count. With abacus, but also without this, how the way they count it, they allowed them to 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 have this possibility to. It is fascinating, and it's true that uh, it's it's proved, as you said, that if people, if young people would start with uh, with some movement in the morning, will have, the day will be easier. And it's true also that today, when we talk about or or most of the people connect sport action dance action to form the body not to educate the body but to try to have the a beauty body and that's also would be to have, have my in my opinion to be correct yeah and i think that this i think that this is a um how how would you say a it's an error in understanding what the purpose of physical activity is. It's a results-oriented approach. I'm going to do sports because I want to change the way my body looks. But actually, I think that the, the real result of sport, I mean, 
That might be what you might call a side effect. Changing how the body looks is more of a side effect of sport. The actual effect is that it completely reorients your awareness in the world because you're building new neural connections to your body, which is basically you are changing your entire outlook, your entire relationship to the world through physical activity. That's the purpose. If your body gets skinnier, lovely, or if you get stronger, great side effect. But actually, there is something much more fundamental happening through physical activity. Absolutely. <laughs> great. I will not take more of your time. So I thank you uh, very much for your contribution. And I hope your word and sharing of your experience and path inspire our listeners. And I'm sure about this. And may this short conversation result in new connections for a free and productive exchange of knowledge. And of course, may this contribute to new discussion that enrich and improve the education system of dance and through dance. So thank you so much, Michael. Das Forschungsprojekt wurde durch das Förderprogramm Distanzen finanziert. Distanzen ist Teil des Hilfsprogramms Tanz, das im Rahmen von Neustart Kultur, eine Initiative der Beauftragten der Bundesregierung für Kultur und Medien, gefördert ist. Musik